This is season two, episode 10, Permission to Dream about the future of parks and recreation with JJ Lillibridge. Welcome to Let's Talk Parks. This is a collaborative project that gives a voice to emerging leaders in parks and recreation. We believe every professional has the potential to make a difference in their organization and in their communities. These are the stories of the future leaders who are navigating their career and finding their purpose through Parks and Rec. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Let's Talk Parks. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you all are doing well. This is Becky, and I'm very glad to be here with you this week. The episode that we're about to bring you was actually recorded back in April, and it's a long time coming. There's so much value in this episode. I hope you guys enjoy it so much. If you listened to last week's episode, you'll probably notice that there are similar themes of innovation and kind of this new mindset around the future of Parks and Rec. And I think it's really interesting to kind of bring those together and help help you build upon one idea to continue the conversation forward. And in this episode, we really dive into, you know, what you see in the field of parks recreation in the future and thinking past the pandemic, what outcomes can we look forward to? You know, what things do you expect for your, for you and your agency? Um, you know, I, I think one of the messages that I really heard throughout this episode is that you do have permission to dream about the future in our field. You don't have to think about the future and be anxious about, oh no, like how is this going to impact my department? How is this going to impact my compute, my community? Um, you know, I think there's a lot of anxiety around, you know, how things will change and if we'll be able to adapt. But if you change that mindset a little bit to how, how could it change? How could it be a part of this change? How can I embrace this change? And what would it look like for me to really be a part of this new movement in parks and recreation? And I think that type of attitude is really what uh, helps you and it helps your agency move the needle forward. And so the interview today, like I said, is with JJ Lillibridge and Anthony Iraqi runs the show today. And so I hope you guys really enjoyed the episode. Let me tell you a little bit more about JJ. JJ Lillibridge is a parks and recreation professional that is skilled in program design and event leadership. He presents a high level of energy and an infectious attitude towards quality of life enhancement. JJ is a recreation supervisor for Georgetown Parks and Recreation Department in Georgetown, Texas. He is a certified parks and recreation professional and is actively involved with TRAPS and NRPA. JJ's words of advice is don't forget to dream. With that being said, can't wait to tell you more about this episode and my key takeaways. The two main takeaways that I have in this episode are number one, our job is to create experiences for our community. And you can do this by having an entrepreneur's mindset and by building relationships with those in your community. And number two, your ideas individually are great, but the strategies of the team are even greater. Now is the time to think beyond yourself and put your ego aside to serve the greater good of your team and your community. With that in mind, let's get into the episode. Well, welcome everybody to today's episode of Let's Talk Parks. Today we are with JJ Lillybridge, who is a recreation supervisor with the city of Georgetown. And JJ is also a recently published author as well too on the topic of an entrepreneurial mindset and giving yourself permission to dream. So 
this day and age, it's easy to become stagnant and feel a bit defeated if things don't go our way. The freedom to be creative and innovative is what makes the journey worth taking. So what we want to do is we want to talk with the man who wrote these words himself, JJ, and we're going to turn it over to you to give us a brief introduction and we're going to dive into this topic. So JJ, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks a lot, uh, Anthony, for for having me on. And um, I really appreciate um, what you and Becky are doing with uh, uh, with this platform. And uh, I think you guys, uh, maybe intentionally or unintentionally, picked a great time to to start uh, talking about some interesting topics for for people in the field to get a better better feel on, and um, honestly, just uh, start thinking differently. Um, which is, uh, I know what we're going to be talking about a lot today, but um, just a little bit about myself. Um, been in parks and recreation, uh, much like yourself, for since since high school, and maybe even a little bit before that. Started off in uh, doing youth sports and um, moved my way up. Spent a little time in uh, before and after school programs, as well as a summer camp um, coordinator, and moved on to fitness and senior. Um, and adult athletics and a variety of different uh, areas in the programming, as well as one of my favorites, which is uh, doing special events for the entire community. Um, now live in Texas, originally from Iowa, um, continuing to make connections in the field and um, just have been really um, grateful for my opportunities and uh, the different people that I've been able to get in touch with. And um, the really cool thing about Parks and Recreation is uh, the amount of support that uh, the entire industry has for for the up and coming generation um, within the industry. So thanks again for having me on. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's interesting. You said you moved around a little bit. Iowa and Texas, I am a bit of somebody myself who has moved. I went from Michigan to down to Louisiana and then up to Wisconsin. Do you feel like having you know spent some time in different states one midwest one southwest has kind of influenced your opinion and feelings on this topic at all yeah absolutely um uh, i i'm from um the northeast corner of iowa just a real small uh town uh, about eight thousand people um and uh lots of farming um you know just very traditional um people up there and uh, then obviously moved down to iowa city which obviously is significantly larger that's where the university of iowa is and um really kind of started to see what parks and recreation is about that it's not just um you know your slow pitch softball league and your saturday morning basketball leagues um it's it, there's so much more to it than that um and then I, of course when i moved to texas um to take my position with the city of round rock the um i mean parks and recreation to me became wow this is really an industry this is like anything else this is like banking this is like finance sales anything um, that you can possibly think of um, and that's why i think parks and recreation is so cool because it is an industry and it is something that you can pursue um, and really sink your teeth in with lots of freedom no, I, to I totally agree. And it's so interesting how when you move around to different places, you get a bit of that different perspective as well, too. I know down in Texas, what region are you in in Texas? Yeah, uh, right in central Texas, right in the uh, capital area, just north of uh, Austin. Um, I work for Georgetown, which is just a bit uh, north of uh, Round Rock, which is the previous uh, department that I used to serve with. Okay. 
Yeah, I know there's, I think, was it TRAPS is down there, and yep. they have a bunch of different regions. They do regional conferences. and uh, It's um, a big state. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, interestingly enough, Wisconsin, our, our state conference is only about 350 to 400. So when I hear from other people that do things, it's kind of amazing everything that goes into it. So in your article, you talk about an entrepreneurial mindset, and you also – you know, pay a bit of homage to some leaders who have come before us that have paved the way. But I want to talk about this entrepreneur's mindset. <clears throat> so what does that mean to you? And what was the main message you were trying to communicate through that? Yeah, um, I'm not a full throttle entrepreneur. Um, when I when when we sit talk about the uh, entrepreneur, uh, mindset, but I do have a, a side gig um, with the um, with an entrepreneur of uh, lawn game rentals. So I mean, I got my my hand in the uh, the entrepreneur side just a little bit. But um, honestly, as I mean, we live in the greatest country in the world where you can come to um, you know the United States and really have the opportunity to if you if there's a passion that you have and something that you're interested in doing and you feel that it's going to be profitable and um, something that you can live on or even make a side, uh, make it a side gig. Um, you know, this is the United States. You, you have that freedom to go ahead and do that. And really where it came from was um, a project that uh, my previous department in Round Rock um, did was um, our directors challenged our entire department to break off into teams and we were going to hold a shark tank. Um, just like the TV show, um, actually did a pre presentation on this in traps um, at the uh, conference in in Texas, and um, really what that was all about was forcing us to get outside of our um, comfort zone, our silos, as many people call them, and pursue something that not only can um, be profitable for our department, but really make an impact in the community and. I was, uh, my particular team um, was the athletics manager, the planning manager, a head park ranger, and an IT person, um, somebody that worked in our uh, information technology department. I mean, so that was very, very broad, um, but it, it was our idea and it was something to come up with um, for the community. And all of these groups had to present to our directors um, a local uh, entrepreneur um, that uh, is in the community. He was one of our sharks, as well as the head police chief um, in Round Rock, and they they were they were um, um, you know very uh, critical, um, just like the TV show. But also they were very hopeful and excited about the different opportunities that came from that, and. Um, it was a great, great experience, not just for myself, but for our entire department. I, I can, I can say that our department completely changed from that. And for me personally, the entrepreneur mindset came from that is it really was like kind of what I mentioned in the uh, article, giving people the permission to dream. That's what that was, is our directors were, they, they said prior to it is, we're trying to get you guys to think differently um, and to think critically about the needs of our community and what we can do um, collaboratively to make something happen. Um, and that's where it came from. 
you can truly be an entrepreneur within your own department um, and collaborating with people um, with a variety of different backgrounds to come up with something that's really, really unique for your entire community. So has the recent, you know, COVID-19 situation or anything else, is that, has anything stemmed from that that you are really proud of or something different that you tried that, you know, really had an impact? For sure. And I'm sure lots of people can, can attest to it. You know, the virtual um, programming that's taken place, um, you know, a variety of different fitness classes. Uh, we gathered uh, a lot of people here, um, different instructors and, um, and different staff at our uh, department here in our rec center in Georgetown and put together videos. We did a little cooking show, a weekly cooking show for healthy recipes while you're at home and um, just a lot of different opportunities from the virtual standpoint. Um, and then um, different activities that can take place in your parks, whether it's scavenger hunts and such. Um, things that you might have already been doing prior to, you know, the stay at home, but it's also you know, challenges us as um, different departments and as an industry of how can we communicate with our, with our communities without, you know, word of mouth, you know, it's a lot of like the social media and the emails and the different uh, platforms that can get that information out. And it's, it's important that we continue to educate ourselves on those skills. Um, so that way, word of, when word of mouth does come back, it's not the only thing. We still have a variety of different options to be able to communicate with our, um, with our communities and, and our customers that are taking place in our uh, programs and services. So when you talk about the social media and communicate, communication piece, um, was there anything that surprised you? Maybe something that happened where you were planning for one thing and another positive thing came about that you were able to incorporate into this response? Yeah, if you're, if you're not a part of um, NRPA Connect, um, I highly would recommend that. Um, it's a platform, it's probably, I'm not sure if, what you would think if it fits exactly into social media, but um, not just on NRPA Connect, but you know, LinkedIn, different uh, platforms of social media where, um, there was just so many ideas that were getting thrown around uh, by so many different uh, agencies and departments across the country. Um, I would say that it was just so helpful and so interesting to not only watch and see what other people are doing, um, but to collaborate with them and ask, you know, what challenges they have gone through and what challenges we have gone through and how we can take some of uh, their ideas and some of our ideas and tweak them to help better serve our communities with uh, really creative and unique programs. Um, so I would say that was the coolest thing because we were forced to communicate, uh, whether it's with social media or, um, or email or Zoom, um, which is obviously a very, very popular platform uh, to communicate within uh, now. And I thought that was the coolest part during all this. I was able to connect with uh, a whole lot of people, um, not just doing the article, but um, just people that are um, putting themselves out there to try to collaborate with other people across the country to really help make a difference within the industry. And that's a big reason why I'm talking to you today. Yeah, definitely. I remember um, Becky was the one who had shared your article with me a few weeks ago and I read through it and I was really impressed with your message and what you had to say. I agree with you. There's a lot happening these days with social media and being connected and zoom and YouTube and, you know, LinkedIn and Facebook and everything that happens. 
Um, you know, and it's almost like you and I had, had briefly mentioned this before. It's almost like at times our industry might be a little bit behind in that manner. And this whole shakeup has caused us to really embrace technology or really embrace ideas that have been happening around us. And I know you have some opinions on that too. And, you know, based on your experience, what do you think, what do you think the future of Parks and Rec holds in terms of technology and engagement and how we can utilize that to be more effective? Yeah, of course. And, um, you know, technology is something that is up and coming um, significantly. And um, I, I feel, you know, some departments are better off than others, be it funding, personnel, um, but it's really important um, that we, you know, invest um, in all of our programmers and people that are providing services. We can't just have uh, in one department, you know, one person that's dedicated to marketing. I think that's been a, a very traditional philosophy um, across the country. And I think it's important that um, all programmers and all service providers learn some aspects of marketing and communication because it, it, that's a lot to put on one person and marketing and communication is requires so much creativity um, because there's so many different people out there that use so many avenues to try to get their information. And I think it's important that um, we have to invest uh, in communication and marketing skills and education, whether that's you know sending our our staff to conferences or doing an online webinar, um, or participating in some sort of certification programs, I think the um, investment in marketing and communication moving forward is going to be significant, um, and that's also going to be. Um, that's part of the entrepreneur mindset. Um, if you're an entrepreneur and you have no idea how to market and sell your product, um, you're probably not going to last on the market very long. Um, and so selling is, you know, there's not a lot of sales in parks and recreation. So people think, um, and to continue on the entrepreneur mindset, if you can't sell something, be it a program, a service, a membership, or most importantly, um, in my opinion, an idea to your, um, your team or your supervisor or your director, you're gonna have a real hard time um, getting the support, whether it's funding um, or other resources to really take advantage of um, an opportunity and a creative idea that you have and, and give it to your community um, because our ability to sell and market um, isn't as good as what it should be. Because like I mentioned in the article, um, you know, parks and recreation is essential and we need all of the most creative and unique ideas that we can possibly find. Um, because for the health and well-being of our entire nation, um, they're gonna need parks and recreation and all those creative and unique ideas. How, you know, what, what can agencies do, departments, organizations to really create a culture that supports that and allows people to get there professionally and fosters it, in your opinion? The coolest thing about Parks and Recreation, Anthony, is, um, you know, you're under an umbrella. You're under whether it's, you know, a park district or um, a municipality. Um, you're under that umbrella, but under, after that, um, you really have the freedom to go 
and and explore um, and go on an adventure and pursue things that you're passionate about. Uh, a class that I took in uh, my grad uh, graduate coursework uh, focused strictly on the experience economy, uh, and that's a thing that I preach to my team uh, here. Is we our job is to create experiences for our communities, um, so they can do something and feel uh, unlike they ever have before, whether that's physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever the case might be. It might be participating in a special event where um, you you know you go to a drive-in movie theater, um, and because I know that's been a real popular um, program during this time. But you, you give somebody an opportunity that's never even heard of a drive-in movie theater and never thought that they existed, um, that experience of kind of going back in time and experiencing that and getting something unlike they've ever had before. Um, and something like that really doesn't cost a lot of money. Um, and so the experience economy really comes down to People will will pay the money if they if they think it's valuable and they think that it's going to be an experience that they they and their family can take on and it's going to be something that will you know create memories and be something that'll be unforgettable um, and I think that is part of that entrepreneur mindset is you know evaluating what experiences people are going for what are is it that what are people in our community's goals. Um, emotionally, physically, and mentally, and what it, how, how are they um, looking to accomplish um, the betterment of those areas of their health? And how can we as Parks and Recreation, you know, put on those experiences that are gonna allow them to step into something that's gonna be unforgettable for them. And then ultimately they're gonna go and tell their friends and family about it and it'll be an ongoing cycle and a continuing opportunity for us to create experiences that will be unforgettable. And Parks and Recreation is, as good, is in as good a position as anybody to, to make that happen for communities across the country. I would, I would definitely agree. And, I, and it's something that I've noticed quite a bit the individuals, you know, talking about how we're essential and the impact that we have and how that can translate from experience, which translates into dollars, which translates into funding and translates into support. Um, so in these experiences too, and in, and in your, your article as well, you, you talk about making sure that there's equitable access. And so for our listeners who are, you know, getting motivated by hearing your words and want to go out there and change the world and have an impact on their community, what are some things in your opinion they can keep in mind to ensure that the, the programs and the ideas that they have maintain you know, equitable access to their community when they're putting them together? Yeah, the, this is one thing that I learned um, the hard way. I, I was very, uh, you know, go-getter, um, felt like I had a lot of really good ideas and that I was really going to make a name for myself with all the different program and service ideas that I was going to implement and, um, you know, get all this recognition. Um, but ultimately, Anthony, I, I didn't really start uh, feeling fulfilled and feeling like I was uh, accomplishing anything until I put my pride aside and started working um, and collaborating with um, my team and my coworkers at uh, the variety of different departments that I've been with. Um, 
you know, your ideas are great, but ideas of ideas and processes and strategies um, of a team are even greater. And that's so important um, that you may think you have a good idea. And it's so important to get those ideas down on paper and really uh, exhaust everything that you individually have about that idea. And then it's important to go to somebody else and, and be open to that uh, constructive criticism and also be open to working alongside um, somebody that can help you within your own department um, really take that idea to the next level. Because uh, that's ultimately what we want. No one person is going to um, you know, change the industry of parks and recreation. They never have in the past, and um, I don't think they ever will. It's going to be um, a collaborative effort um, within all of our departments. But one thing that is becoming more and more important um, in, our, in our industry um, that kind of goes with the entrepreneurs uh, is we have lots of small businesses out there. We have lots of small businesses that are very, very good at what they do. And a lot of them are providing experiences and services, whether it's uh, cooking classes or um, you know, karate lessons, you name it. Um, there are people out there that have a lot more experience than I do or some of our team members um, here in Georgetown do um, that we can partner with them. Um, they don't have to be right in our own department. Um, there's people locally that want to uh, partner with Parks and Recreation uh, and pull the rope uh, in the same direction, um, which is ultimately what we're trying to do and um, make a difference in our community and collaboratively work together to uh, you know, put our best foot forward and, and make our community a place that's really um, you know, valuable for families and, and people to come and visit and, and, and get their needs met. I definitely agree. You know, we can't, we can't do everything ourselves. That's pretty evident. We just don't have the capacity or the budget, or in some ways there's just people that are more passionate about smaller niche things than we are. Like you mentioned the, the karate instructor and things of that nature. I always looked at individuals like that in the partnership and collaborative sense as well. And I always thought that, you know, it was a great way to work with a community partner and support them in their idea. Um, you know, have a impact on the local economy and also just provide for them the biggest thing, the biggest selling point I always found was the free marketing. If you put out a program guide and you go to somebody and, you know, when I was with the city of Milwaukee and say, Hey, you know, I want to work with your coffee shop to do a coffee roasting class. I think it's great. It's also going to get your name in, you know, 500,000 households. People typically jump at that. And then you're all able to offer something that's a little bit new and a little bit more fun. And I think, you know, with, with the entrepreneurial mindset, that kind of plays into it as well, because it's not always so much about what you can do. It's about how you can partner and, and build something up, really build the brand of your department and build programs and build offerings and go through, go through those channels. And so I'm glad, I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you brought that up. So have there been any, you know, in your journey, it sounds like you've learned, you've learned quite a bit along the way. And, you know, are there any kind of key points or components or lessons that you'd really like to hammer home and have our listeners take away from this um, based on your experience under this topic and, and that? Yeah. Um, our my previous director in Round Rock, um, 
I'll, I'll say it uh, in the uh, family friendly way that he said it um, in one of our business plan meetings was shoot the arrow. Um, it's one thing to get the arrow out, um, you know, lock it into the bow uh, and, and line it up and, you know, set your sights on your target. But it's, it's another thing to shoot it um, because depending on your experience, you might've been in the field for 20 years. You might've been in the field for, for a year. Um, and, you know, depending on your experience, you really have no idea where that arrow might go. Um, it might hit the target dead on and, um, or it might completely miss the target, but you're never going to know until you shoot it. Um, and I know that sounds so cliche, but, uh, to just kind of back up a little bit on, um, just a tangible experience that I did have. Um, I was trying to, I put together a special event. Uh, it was really a, just kind of a one man show, um, when I was working for the city of Round Rock and it was called the urban excursion. And basically it, what it was, was a, a citywide scavenger hunt that used uh, Instagram capturing and sharing uh, photos and videos of a variety of different um, kind of goofy challenges that took place all over the city of Round Rock. And um, I actually worked with um, the first year I worked with 31 different businesses. And the second year I worked with, I believe it was 28 different businesses. And between the two years, um, took in over $6,000 worth of in-kind, um, you know, services and gift cards and all sorts of things uh, that made the, that special event um, that was so easy to put on come alive. And the registration was, was excellent. The response was excellent. Um, and families just went out in their community, discovered it, went on an adventure, uh, and it cost our department hardly anything for that experience to take place. And it was all because of the help of uh, the local businesses and the partnerships and the sponsors, a lot of things that you just mentioned that made that become a reality. You're not just locked into your department. Uh, there's people out there um, that if you scratch their back, they're definitely going to be willing to scratch yours. And that's so important to remember. And that's how a lot of the ideas that I ever came up with um, came to fruition. And that's the, the, if you're asking for a major point for me to drive home is get out there and, and pound the pavement and find people that can be valuable resources and make something happen with them um, because they want to make something happen in their community, just like you want to make something happen. And it, it's a lot more fun to do it together um, than it is to just do it by yourself. JJ, I honestly couldn't agree more. Well, we're about to wrap up here. Um, I wanted to thank you for being on the show today. So if our listeners wanted to get a hold of you, what is the best way? Where can they find you online? Yeah, absolutely. You can uh, search me um, on LinkedIn. Um, it was uh, JJ Lillibridge. Um, and uh, also, uh, you can uh, shoot me an email. It's uh, J and then my last name, Lillibridge14 at gmail.com. And, um, or, or just shoot me a text or a phone call. I'm more than happy to, to talk over the phone. Um, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't have all the answers, Anthony, um, and I never will, but I'm always interested in learning from, from other people within the field 
and also collaborating with others just to see what other people are up to and what ideas they might have. Um, but if you haven't felt like you've had the permission to dream yet, um, your time is now and uh, you definitely have the permission. Uh, both Anthony and I are, are more than happy to give that to you. So make a difference in your department and um, shoot the arrow. Just, just go ahead and do it and, and, you know, it'll be fun to see what happens. I couldn't agree more. All right, man. Thanks so much for being here today. And to all our listeners out there, be sure to check back soon for calls and interviews. And we look forward to seeing all of you again soon. Thanks, JJ. Have a great afternoon. All tuning in this week. And hope you all are having fun. Hope you can get outdoors. Stay safe. And we'll talk parks next week. Bye.